welcome back to our anime show, our anime show, our anime show. I am a green queen. And I am a binge monster. And we're here to talk to you about trading card games. We're going to talk about trading card games because, you know, it's with anime being such a vast topic, uh, there's so many different, I'll say like spinoff things that you can get with anime right are you like a collector of figures are you a collector of pops because like pops are different than figures and like do you do both do you do mm-hmm. one to do, do the other do you play anime video games on mobile which we've talked about before do you um do cosplay like there's all these subgroups and one of these subgroups very affiliated with like anime culture that some of us might not know everything about is trading card games so we're going to talk about uh, the Pokemon trading card game. We'll talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! And then we'll touch on a few more that we uh, tried, to, <laughs> tried to learn. And we're like, maybe that's not for me. Uh, but the the two biggest trading card games, uh, we looked up sort of the most popular ones. Pokemon said it was number... Uh, this, this article we read said Pokemon was number one, said Yu-Gi-Oh! was number two, and Digimon was number three. However, with our research, we don't quite know how that's happening but we'll see um so yeah as a caveat as a caveat to that that was for like anime related trading card games because they're like magic the gathering was Mm. i think even higher than Yu-Gi-Oh on popularity um but magic Magic is huge yeah it's a huge game my friend plays i really liked magic i have i have no recollection of how to play the game but i did learn when i was in I think like middle school, I learned how to play. Oh, really? And it's really fun. Yeah, I just it's it, it's more expensive than Yu-Gi-Oh, and Yu-Gi-Oh made it easier to either play digitally or on cards. Like mm-hmm. there's like both options, right? Um, so I think, and, and maybe that's where that's where some of our confusion is because we, in preparation for this conversation, you know, like a green queen and I were looking up some of the data around like who's actually playing the games. And I think maybe that's where some of the confusion is or um, in the data that we were seeing because popularity is subjective. I don't know how they're measuring popularity, <clears throat> but what isn't subjective is like when you look at how the fan bases of both of these trading card games, um, you know, show their support and actually go and play, you know, there are, in-person live tournaments and then there are also like digital ways of playing the game and i don't know what that looks like for pokemon but for Yu-Gi-Oh, for example we have like different video games that are out for the different consoles like playstation and xbox um nintendo switch and i i actually play the game on my phone on a on a mobile app called master duel um and the stats that we were seeing and i think this is what like a green queen was alluding to the stats when we were comparing the two were astronomically in in Yu-Gi-Oh's favor in terms of like mm-hmm. monthly active mm-hmm. users versus like what we what the data was saying that they have for like monthly users for for Pokemon. Um, but maybe maybe the popular the article that was saying like the most popular games maybe they were only thinking about like in person. I don't know. Maybe they were, yeah, I think that could be fair too, because, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit more in depth, like when we talk about Pokemon Worlds is such an event, and we didn't see anything really akin to that for Yu-Gi-Oh!, but when we looked at online numbers of people that are playing these games online, it definitely swayed way more towards more people playing Yu-Gi-Oh! online than we did for For Pokemon TCG online. Yeah. Um, that said, like, the no, 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 sorry, go ahead, go no, ahead. No, please, I, I, please, 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 please. I was just going to say, that That being said, I've never heard of a Yu-Gi-Oh card being valued at a million dollars. Like, like the You've never? Pokemon. That doesn't no, happen? I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. I think, like, I don't know what the most, the, like, the most valuable, I'm actually going to look this up, the most valuable Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, it looks like there was a original like mint condition oh oh that's interesting i don't even know what tyler the great warrior is but there was a (laughs) card called tyler the great warrior it looks like a super saiyan to me um that's gotta be vintage uh, right i guess yeah it was created in 2005 as a make a wish request oh maybe this is like oh that's actually really cute i hope that's 
Yeah, that's so it was like a one-time thing made for a Make-A-Wish character. Maybe it was for a, a kid named Tyler. Yeah, it says that. It says that he, this kid was battling a rare form of liver cancer, and he designed it in 2005, and it, apparently he actually survived, and 18 years later decided to sell the card. Um, and the final auction for it was $311,000, which is the rarest and most expensive Yu-Gi-Oh card ever. Wow. I would have thought it was going to be Yu-Gi-Oh's equivalent of Charizard, which is the Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Mm. Um, and that is, that would have been my guess if you, you know, put 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 me on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. But that the most expensive one for that was only 85000 So yeah, big difference in the value compared to I mean, there were a lot of like influencers over COVID who were spending more than a million dollars on like a mint condition Charizard, which is insane. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I tried to look up like what the sales were for Pokemon cards in at least in Uh the last year. And they measured that from March 2020 to March 2023. And there's no like actual dollar price number, but it says something of like the Pokemon company produced 9.7 billion Pokemon cards in that year. And then, you know, something like 52.9 billion cards were sold in that year. So, like, obviously more were bought than than were made necessarily. But then they say this. They say that it's enough. Let me see this. So I quote this right. This is enough cards to cover the average distance between the Earth and the moon twice. So if you were to line the cards up, they would go back and forth (laughs) from Earth to the moon twice. That's how many Pokemon cards are in were in circulation in the in the year um March 2022 to March 2023, which is insane. That is insane. I don't think people will realize how popular these games really are. Like, please. And, um, and like, that's the thing, like, because with Pokemon, like, I feel like, and this is my general assumption and and feeling, but like, I feel like more people just collect Pokemon cards, but don't play the Pokemon TCG game with the Pokemon cards. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there are collectors and then there are like collectors and players or people that just get cards to play. But, like, I feel like anyone our age that grew up and were, like, literally one or two to five years old and were just like, I want Pokemon cards because I played on my Game Boy and I, you know, watched the show and I just want Pokemon cards. Like, we were not learning how to play the game at that time. We were not learning. Maybe some some of you were. Maybe I'm just a faker. But, like, maybe some of you were. But I I did not know how to play this game when I was that young and collecting them. I definitely, to this day, don't know how to play Pokemon. Like, I'm not <gasps> you want to learn? And, and I, I do. I do. I do. I definitely was learning. I did actually buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I played Yu-Gi-Oh. I had a dual disc. I actually dueled. I played lots of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. But I just, I have no, I still don't believe it's a real game. Like, does it have real Pokemon? mechanics? Like, does yes. It, does it, okay, let's hear this, because I genuinely have no clue. Okay, well, I'm going to start with kind of the way that we read the card. Okay, so the way that we read the card, you have your, uh, there's a couple different types of cards, right? There's Pokemon cards, there's energy cards, and then there's like trainer cards. And there's even more variations to the Pokemon cards now, which like I didn't, I, I don't, I'm not as familiar with. There's like different versions of specific Pokemon that do different things because of course, anyway. So if we're looking at like a typical Pokemon card, you'll have like a basic Pokemon card or you'll have a card that has like stage one or stage two. And that's like basically the second evolution of that Pokemon. And it's key to know this because you cannot put out as an active Pokemon or you can't put a second stage Pokemon out unless you have already put out the basic of that Pokemon. So they have to evolve on the field. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just like throw down a Charizard. You have to have thrown down. This is my understanding. You have to have thrown down Charmander, Charmeleon, and then you can throw down Charizard. You know what I'm saying? 
Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is keys. This is key. This is all strategy. So when you're building your deck, like you have to know these things, right? And you're building a deck of about 60 cards. And in order to do any attack, you'll see on the card up at the right corner, you'll see what energy they need. And then on the card body, you'll see what their attacks could be. And depending on how many little energy symbols are there, that's how many energy you need in order to do that attack. Okay. So if I'm looking at this card, I have a, um, a Cedo with me and Cedo only has one thing there. They need one green energy or one leaf energy to do Ram. So if I have Cedo out and I have one energy, I can put that there. And now Cedo can Ram like any turn. Like, it's not like okay. I use my energy and it, and it gets taken away. So, oh, that's so how once it, you put the energy card on the Pokemon, you're set. It, it you're doesn't like go away after you use the attack. You can just like keep it there and it can forever Ram. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like basically okay. now that you know how to read the Pokemon card, I'll also <laughs> just mention the trainer cards and you can think of it this yeah. way. The Pokemon cards do um, attacking and then the energy cards give the Pokemon energy and the power to do that. And then the trainer cards are like support cards. So there's a couple different ones. Some of them will give you, um, you know, bonuses like this one. I have uh, it's a stadium card. So this will give a stadium bonus. And it says like, oh, each player can like draw an extra card or something like during when I play this and I can just kind of play this. And then the trainer cards, some of them will have you like draw extra cards or some of them are like, oh, you can draw any Pokemon you want from your deck. Right, which is critical, especially if you're trying to like evolve a Pokemon. I would probably use something like that because I'm like, oh, I know I have Charmeleon in my deck, and I have my, you know, Charmander out. So that's so the walkthrough. Trainer card is needed. Tra trainer cards are needed to do evolution. No, trainer cards are not needed to do evolution, but trainer cards can help you. They're support cards. They can help you okay. draw more cards. Um, so one example I was just saying is one of these cards says, oh, okay trainer card you can take any card from your deck yeah yeah and then you could that was just an, an example so, so how do you evolve like how like what do you need a stone do you need the other card and then you just place that pokemon on the other like i don't understand that it's just when you get it so the way the game starts you start with your deck and then you start with an active pokemon or you like shuffle your deck and then you put your active pokemon down and your active pokemon is the only pokemon that you have that can attack basically and then okay. you have sort of like a bench and you can have i think five other pokemon on the bench but you don't get that like right away like you draw cards as you go and then like e every turn i think you draw like one or two cards and then you have your hand and then you can kind of play from your hand as you go am i making sense or no yeah um so let me look at my notes and make sure I'm getting everything right. Um, 60 card deck, six Pokemon can play at a time. Only one Pokemon is the active Pokemon. Trainer cards are like support. Uh, and then, of course, when you get... So I was watching a gameplay, and I think this is maybe a game mechanic that's a little... I don't know if it's newer or if I just didn't know this was a thing. So when I want to make an attack, say I have my Cedo and I have my energy card and I'm like, okay, I want to make an attack. I have to flip a coin. And I think okay. it's best of three. And if it gets to my... Like if I say I say tails and then I flip two tails, I'm like, okay, great. So then I hit it. But if I say tails and I get two heads, then it's a miss. And you can really think of this in terms of like how you play it turn-based in the video game too, because which I think most people are familiar with that. So like there is the okay. option to hit, there is the option to miss. Okay. But there's real <clears throat> actual strategy to the game. <laughs> but that is what I would so the way you win the game. I'll, I'll talk about the way you win the yeah. game. How so you as win? you're playing, as you're playing back and forth, and you can trade out which Pokemon is your active Pokemon. And so for some of the Pokemon, for example, I have this one, and this one needs three different energy cards. And you okay. can, as you're drawing, you can build the Pokemon that are on the bench with your energy cards. So you could be building your strongest Pokemon 
that's kind of one of the strategies. Your start with your active Pokemon is just like someone who will just take damage while you're trying to get the energy to build your strongest Pokemon who can come in and do like crazy damage and just okay. sit them on the bench. And then the way you win is you, you know, knock out your opponent's Pokemon. You, if you knock out all the Pokemon, then you win. Okay. Um, if you, let's see. If the player runs out of Pokemon, obviously, if you knock them all out, then you win. And then there's these prize cards. And I don't fully understand what the prize cards are, if I'm being honest. Okay. I think they're just like other... Oh, the prize cards are like... Um, I don't even have one in my deck, which is like why why this was confusing for me. But there's something like a Master Ball, or I think those kinds of cards are prize cards. And you get six okay. at the beginning but every time you make every time you knock someone else's pokemon out you can take a prize card okay <clears throat> so yeah if you draw all of your prize cards then you win that's and they can the only second be way <laughs> this is so confusing i'm so sorry cuz i was also trying to figure this out so one way is that your other player doesn't have any Pokemon. Second way, you have knocked out all of their Pokemon six times and you get all your prize cards. The so they could way, have 12 Pokemon, but as long as you knock out six, you win. Yes, exactly. Okay. And the third what way... What if they don't have a Pokemon? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I didn't know there was a third way. Okay. There's three. There's apparently three ways to win this game. Okay. The, and the very last way is that if the player just doesn't have any more cards if they've gone through their whole deck. Oh, okay. Okay, wait, what was your question? No, no, no. It was, I was thinking from a very Yu-Gi-Oh perspective. I was like, what if you have, like... You can only have one Pokemon at a time. Is that the thing? One active Pokemon, but you have your bench, so you can have extra Pokemon yeah. on the bench. Okay. But you can't, so like... So if you have a Pokemon, and, like, for, like, four turns, they're not able to summon a Pokemon for whatever reason... Like there's just you have to wait. Everybody. So when you draw your hand, you have to have at least one basic Pokemon in your hand, and if you don't, you redraw. So like if you and me are okay. playing, and we both take our hands, and I'm looking through my hand, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't have a, even a basic Pokemon to start as my active Pokemon. I go, okay, I need to like put that back, shuffle, and take a new hand, but then you would start. Okay. Because I had to and do that in the show. And in the video games, type matters. Like, mm -hmm. depending on the type, <clears throat> like fire, super effective against grass types. So in the video game, which a lot of people have played, like, they do more damage. Even if mm -hmm. it's, like, the same amount of energy or whatever, right? So th does that not come into play at all in this? It, it totally does. It totally does. And it depends on each card. So if I'm looking at my card, like if I have my Cedo, who's really like, you uh -huh. know, doing their absolute best for me, it has on the card weakness fire times two. So if okay. someone with fire is attacking me, it's times two. Okay. Damage. Got it. And I have no resistance um, for my little Cedo. Let me see if I have any resistance on my other ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I have resistance uh, for this Clang. Clang has a fire weakness and a resistance to leaf. So, so it's negative 30. Yeah. So what does negative 30 mean? If he gets hit by leaf, he gets stronger? He gains so, health? <laughs> so I think it's just like, so for for to use this card, if I get my Clang to do its move of gear grind... I do uh -huh. 80 times damage. Okay. So if I'm attacking another Clang, say, or something like that, it's just 30 minus 80, is my understanding. Okay. But there's also an element where you have to um, roll a dice. So I, think, yeah. so I think that this 80x would be whatever I rolled my dice with. So it would be 80 times whatever thing yeah interesting it's very and interesting it and a little confusing yeah. but it feels like this is something that if a kid spent two days learning they could get 
Because it's all sure. on the cards. Like, it's truly all on the cards. Mm. What was your question? And they have to roll to see if they hit or not as well, right? Yes. So you have to flip the coin. Oh, flip the coin. Okay. Yeah. That was my that was my crash course of trying to learn Pokemon TCG in one day. <laughs> but now I actually want to play because I'm sure there's like a lot of different like, oh, well, what if this happens? Oh, well, what if that happens? Like with any game, you know, there's like yeah. specific different examples and such. But that's like the basic mechanics. It's turn-based. You have one active Pokemon. You have a bench you can build. The energy cards help you do attacks. And the support cards help give you like bonuses. Or, like, literal yep. support. So, Yu-Gi-Oh! is way more complicated. I figured <laughs> I figured it was. Way more complicated. We could, <laughs> we could do a whole episode on it, and I'm going to try to keep it to, like, four minutes. Uh-huh. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Based on the anime Yu-Gi-Oh! So, unlike Pokemon, where the trading card came, came out first before the anime aired, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh!'s anime came out, and then the trading card game came out. But one thing that's interesting, for those of you who never watched Yu-Gi-Oh! or don't really know what it's about, it's about a kid in Japan who stumbles across a puzzle and he puts it together and it creates the shape of a pyramid. And inside that pyramid is the ancient soul of a pharaoh whose soul got locked away in there for unknown reasons. And that soul is like the king of games, is there to save the world, but has lost all of his memory and doesn't know why. But he knows that he's there for a reason to, to do something important, to save the world in some capacity. And just over the course of the anime, he, he starts to regain his memory. Um, he starts to remember what he needed to do and like, and so forth. But the anime is about this trading card game where like, in ancient times, instead of it being a card game, there were sorcerers who s- trapped the souls of ancient monsters into stone tablets, and the sorcerers would summon those monsters with mm-hmm. magic, and they would fight each other. And then, like, thousand, a millennia later, some guy was inspired and created the card game, but the magic behind those those cards still kind of was infused with the spirits of those monsters. And so when they actually play the card game, there are certain people who have these artifacts from ancient Egypt who, if they play the game, as opposed to just like a random person, they're able to actually harness some of that magic that existed back in the ancient times. And um, the game becomes like sometimes like a life or death situation because there are evil sorcerers, there are good people. So depending on if they have this like ancient Egyptian artifact, this game becomes a completely different deal than just for funsies. And that's why and they, that's can, what happens. they can summon the actual monsters. And that's why you like see the monsters sometimes, right? Or no? So it's a good question. So in the anime, the technology has gotten to a point that we haven't gotten to in our in our world where they create holograms um for these cards so like there's a company that's like owned by one of the main characters and they just create dueling technology that allows sort to create like really realistic holographic almost like augmented reality quality looking stuff but just in the Mm -hmm. real world and you don't need glasses um so that's why you can typically see them um but there are like these seven millennium items in the anime now i'm going down a rabbit hole unnecessarily but (laughs) there are seven millennium items each of them have their own power like one of them you can help see in the future another one you can control other people's minds the other one like holds the pharaoh's spirit and over the course of the show you see different characters holding these different things and so forth anyways about the game this game exploded it came out the anime came out in 2000 it's one of the most popular games. We were just looking at the day the other day. Just to put it into perspective, there's an app or a video game called Master Duel where they have close to like mm, 7 million, what is it? Like 7 million uh, monthly active players playing online. That's like a, close to half a million a day. 
um, around the world. Seven million active monthly users is pretty substantial for like a trading card game where they're not playing in person. Um, it's huge. They've in two thousand and I think it was five. They broke the world record for um, <clears throat> like most cards created. I think they at that point had done billions. And I'd wonder if they're like going back and forth on that world record with Pokemon based on what mm-hmm. you said about the distance yeah. between the Earth and the Moon. But there are <laughs> billions of cards in circulation, and um, so in terms of like the game itself right it's a tr- it's a it's a card game the way that it works is like pokemon it's a turn-based game uh at the beginning of every duel each player is given a number of life points uh in master duel we were given eight thousand life points and the way you win is by getting your opponent's life points down to zero and there's a lot of different ways that you can get their life points down to zero There are things you can do during your turn. There are things you can do during your opponent's turn. And that's where the strategy lies in. There are, well, there's lots of different card types, but from the high level perspective, there is spell cards, trap cards, and monster cards. And there are subcategories of each of them. Mm. There are regular trap cards, monster trap cards. There are quick spell cards and normal spell cards. There are effect monsters and then normal monsters with no effects. Um, so yeah, I would say for so each many. of those three card types, there's different subtypes. I, I can um, go on. There's fusion monsters, there's synchro monsters, there's pendulum monsters. So that, I, like over, yeah. over the course of the years, they've invented more types for each of these three card types. Mm-hmm. And each of them have different mechanics. Like how you summon a pendulum monster is different from how you summon a fusion monster different from how you summon a synchro monster different from some how you summon a normal monster with no effect like that's what's made the training card game interesting is because over the years they introduced these new types of cards that introduce new nuance to how they're used with the other cards that already exist in circulation and and they have different like prerequisites for you to be able to use them so you have to learn these new mechanics so is it a matter of like okay if i draw two of this card and pair them together like if i draw this card and this card and i pair them together then i can finally use this other card version often is the case yeah so Ah. when it comes to placing a monster down on the field they're like there are normal summon then there's special summon then there's tribute summon there's so many different types of summoning actually then Mm. there's like summon is the way that you get the attack card out yeah, so summoning is how you get a card that's in your hand on the field. That's a monster, mm, specifically mm. a monster. You can okay. play. So, like, there are, um, I think there's, like, five columns on your field. You mm. get five monster spots and then five spell or trap spots. So if you have, let's say, five trap cards on your field, you can't play another spell or trap card unless you use one of them up. So you're limited. And then uh, same with the monsters. You only have five monster slots. Okay, so depending on the way the card reads and how powerful that monster is, um, you know, some monster effects say like, oh, if you have no card monsters on the field, you can just special summon this one. Or, hey, this card can only be brought onto the field if you tribute two monsters with like the same um, number of stars on them. So I, I should explain that every monster card has a number of stars on the top. Okay. On a scale of like one to, I think, 12, right? Okay. Anything with more than four stars requires a tribute. Literally, like you have a monster on the field, you tribute it, and then then you're able to summon it. Anything with more than eight stars requires two tributes. Anything with more than 10 stars requires three tributes. Okay. Which means you have to have three monsters on the field and sacrifice them in order to bring it out. Oh, how so many the stars monsters are important? Okay, okay. How many monsters can you have on the field? Like, if I'm looking at the board, like where, where yeah. is, where are things? Yeah. So there's like five monster slots in front, and then right behind those slots are spell and trap slots. Oh, right, because it's here on my arm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's I like forgot. column, column. It's like monster spot, spell trap. Monster spot, spell trap. Monster yeah. spot, spell trap. Right. Right. Yes. So, 
So the thing is, is you're only allowed to normal summon, which means you're not tributing, you're not using a spell card to bring a monster onto the field. Just normal summon something with four stars or less once per turn. But you can special summon unlimited numbers of monsters, which means like if there's a card effect that says like, you can special summon this, then you can just bring it down. Or if you have a spell that says special summon a monster from your hand, you can do that an unlimited number of times based on what you have in your hand or on the field. Can you, you only have a card do it? That lets you... Can you only do it once a turn? You can special summon unlimited numbers of times. Even in your turn? Even in your turn, yeah. Ah. But normal summon, you can only do one. So let's say you have three monsters in your hand, and none of them have effects. One of them is a four-star, and the other two are like seven-star monsters, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot just like place the four star. You can you can summon only the four star because everything else needs tributes. But in that same turn, I can't tribute that monster for a bigger one because I can only normal summon once per turn. I see. I see. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on my next turn, if that monster is still there and it wasn't destroyed by my opponent during their turn, I can then tribute that monster and then normal summon one from my hand. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. now, if one of the but if one of those seven stars <clears throat> says like, "Hey, if you have a normal monster on the field, special summon this from your hand," then you can do it because you can special summon un- as many as you want. So, just to give you a, an idea, Ali, sometimes I'm playing on Ma- Master okay. Duel, right? And before I've even taken my first move, someone has normal summoned once and special summoned eight different times. And their whole field just has 12-star monsters in every splot. Okay, going back to the very beginning, this is not a turn-based game necessarily. Oh, it is. It is. But we can both be working even when it's not my turn. So that's a good question. This is this is why you get so complicated. It's so complicated. Pokemon is very not complicated. It's you go, you make your moves, and then I go and yeah. I make my moves. So the only way I could do something while it's my opponent's turn is if I have cards on the field already okay. that allow me to like make a move. So there's only three options. The first is that I have a monster on the field that has an effect that explicitly states in the effect description I can do when my opponent does something like maybe when my opponent attacks me or maybe when my opponent activates a trap card or when they activate a spell card <clears throat> right yeah going back to the three card types yeah um so if I have an effect that activates when my opponent does something then I can do it or if I have a set spell card or a set trap card that allows me to do something like, like I said, when my opponent attacks or when they summon a monster or when they add a, activate a spell card, then I can activate it. Otherwise, I can't do anything okay. while my opponent is going. But those effects are so powerful. Like, like I'll, have a, I'll have a trap card that says um, pay 1,000 life points and destroy all monsters your opponent controls when they summon a monster next. For example. Uh or when your opponent attacks, negate the attack and destroy it. Like there's there's thousands of different card effects. Mm-hmm. Every card has a different effect. So the strategy isn't just like it's not as simple as Pokemon. It's like Certainly super not. complicated because there's millions of cards, each have their own effect, and how you use them together is like what the strategy is all about. And the last thing that I'll mention, oh, there's two last things that I'll mention is when it's your turn, it's broken down into five phases. There's your draw phase. So every turn you have to draw. Then there's your standby phase, which happens before you can make a move. Um, there are card effects, uh, like I was saying, like trap cards or whatever, where things happen during the standby phase. For example, let's say I draw and my opponent has a monster on the field that says during your opponent's standby phase, when they draw a card, have them randomly select one and throw it to the graveyard. That could happen. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and those effects have to happen before I can make a move. So there's draw, standby, main phase one, which is when you can make a move. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Then there's your battle phase, which is when you can have a monster attack. And then there's your main phase two, in case you want to do something else. And then there's end of your turn. Wow. Draw, stand by, main phase one, battle, main phase two, end. It's actually six. And um, the last thing that I'll say is like, okay, the stars are important. I explained like how that you tribute and how you summon. But Uh every monster also has an attack and a defense. Oh, okay. the defense too. Oh, yeah. well, okay. So you can, when you summon, you can choose to summon in attack mode or in defense mode. If you have a monster in defense mode and it gets destroyed, you know, you normally would take the attack number and you would measure it against your monster's attack number. And whatever that difference is, that destroys which monster gets destroyed. So if your monster is 3,000 and mine is 1,000 and you attack me, not only is my monster destroyed, but I take 2,000 life points away from my my balance i lose two thousand life points okay your monster's three thousand mine's one thousand yes but my, my monster's destroyed when you attack me yes because your number is higher yes and i lose the difference of our two attack numbers in my life points so i start with eight thousand that makes now sense I that makes sense. Yeah. I'm I'm stuck on having a card in defense mode or attack mode. Got it. So if it's in attack mode, but so your card can your monster card can be destroyed whether it's in attack or defense mode. But if it's in defense mode, mm-hmm. instead of looking at my attack number, you look at my defense number. So ah. let's say my monster has one thousand attack number, but four thousand defense, and yours attack is three thousand. When you attack me. My monster doesn't get destroyed because my number is higher and you lose a thousand life points mm, instead. I see. But so, uh, yes. if my defense number is lower than yours, again, yours is 3,000 and let's say mine is 2,000, um, my monster is destroyed, but I lose no life points because it was in defense mode. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So you can almost, you're basically protecting a yeah. monster when you put it in defense mode. That's correct. But you, what you can't do is like if you have a monster in attack mode and attack your opponent's monster, after you're done with that, you can't just switch it to defense mode. It has oh, to stay in attack mode. Until your, your next, next turn, turn or like you yeah. decide. Uh, I see. I see. <laughs> no, until so you, your, next your, turn. your other opponent still has at least one opportunity to try and uh, to try and attack that card. Yeah, exactly. And deal life de- life point damage on their turn. Yeah. So that's the risk that I'm you there. take. Keeping it in attack mode, but is like there... if you want to, yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm getting very excited because I'm I'm grasping this game that I truly never even touched. Like I was yeah. like I was a Pokemon girly, and I was like I'm never thinking about Yu-Gi-Oh ever. Um, so like, oh oh oh, so I was gonna say, so like, what is like the strategy, like, yeah, to this, like when you Which... start the game, how do you want to like try to situate yourself, like what is the main what is the advice? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, yeah, yeah. if I'm thinking of anyone maybe listening to this that goes, okay, I want to try to learn this. And maybe even if they go on the app or whatever and try to play yeah. online just to start, like, what is the, like, newcomer strategy? Yeah, that's a good question, right? So first of all, if you have a phone at all, whether it's an Android or an, an, uh, an iPhone, you should, if this is interesting and you just want to see what this is like, you can download Master Duel. It's a pretty big game so you need to have some space on your phone but um there are tutorials and they can teach you how to duel they can teach you all the fundamentals and like the strategy and so you can really start from zero and know nothing and you just play against a computer for like until you get it and it's really well done like i I think it's extremely well done um but high level the strategy is is like You know, if, oh, by the way, I didn't say this earlier. If you have no monsters on the field and your opponent does, they can attack your life points directly. So whatever their attack is, just they go, it goes straight through and it immediately deducts from your overall life point balance. Wow. So so that's kind of the strategy is like, like read your cards, your trap and spell cards. They have awesome effects. Every one of them is different. Um, some allow you to bring back a card once it died, like some mm-hmm. allow you to like negate the effects of your opponent when they, when they do things. But at the end of the day, like your goal is to get mo- strong monsters on the field and defend them with the effects of your spell and traps 
and then get your opponent's life points to zero as quickly as possible. It's just that, like, Ali, the way the mechanics work is depending on how you build your deck. I have played someone online who beat me in in one turn. Because they where, just yeah. so know like, their I, deck, right? Exactly. So, like, I went first, I summoned a monster, and I placed one trap face down. Um, and the trap was something like, uh, your opponent cannot attack this turn. Just in case they summon a monster stronger than the one I put out. And I felt pretty good about it. And then when their turn went, the first thing they did was they activated a spell card that destroyed my trap. And then they summoned a monster that brought my monster to their side of the field. And then they sacrificed it, summoned five monsters, all with 3,000 attack points. There's like different prerequisites to doing this. It took 20 minutes for him to pull off this chain of moves with card oh. attack. And you're just sitting but there watching sitting him. There watching and <gasps> have to watch it one by one. A three thousand monster hits me. I go from eight to five thousand. The next monster five to two thousand. The next monster two to zero. Game over. Oh my gosh! The biggest flex this person did was you take your own monster and go. Ah, oh, that's nice. I don't even need it. <laughs> here's my crew that's so funny i'm so so sorry because there's um i didn't explain this because it's not super pertinent but like there's a graveyard and then there's like the ether like you remove it from play so like some when your card is used when you use a spell or trap or when a monster dies you typically it typically goes to the graveyard and there are some cards that have effects from the graveyard like when this is dead in the graveyard, you can activate this effect and bring this card from your deck to your hand or destroy one monster in the field. Or, like there's different graveyard effects, but uh-huh. sometimes there's an effect where it's like this card, don't send it to the graveyard, banish it from the rest of the game. Like just banish it. You, you can't access it. It's crazy. So the game, you have to read the cards. You have to know like how they work and you can only gain, learn that from experience, but it is really fun. Like Mm -hmm. the the possibilities are infinite in terms of what you can do. Um, And they usually tell you like when you're building a deck, here are some of the cards you should always have. Like there are different themes, different structured decks. Like there are spell casters, there are dragons, there are mermaids, there are fairies. There's like these different themes and you can pull cards from each of them and build like your own. Or you can say like, oh, I really want like a water deck. I want a fairy deck. I want to, you know, whatever. Um, So, and they all like stack up to each other somehow. Like they all have mm-hmm. like different thematic effects, but you should try it. You should play one game. I think I might. I mean, you what might. I really actually want to do is play the Pokemon TCG better so that I mm. can know more. Like you can just rattle this off and like I learned this and like it, it it's so it's so much to just like say without having played it like i feel like so many things are like like especially card games are so many where it's like even when you sit down to play something like i don't know like even like spit or you have to like basically do solitaire it's like that's easier to play when you actually try and fail and then you go oh okay i get it so okay i will promise you that i will try to play Yu-Gi-Oh because that would be fun but i'm gonna i'm gonna howl each other Oh, come on. Um, You're going to no, destroy me. No, that's no. I, I can even give you my deck. Like I can like we can have the same one and like the same cards and uh-huh. we'll, we'll just talk through it. Okay. Um, well, this is this will be like when you taught me how to play Super Smash Bros. I knew how to play it for the record. I knew how to play it, but yeah. I had never given myself the space and the time to break it down in the way that we would go into our own little arena and like, okay, try your up B. Okay, try your side <laughs> A. Okay, but just use the Joy-Con. You know, like this This will be like the same thing. Take Just, uh, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Super baby steps. That's yeah. cool. Because the thing, the thing that I like about Yu-Gi-Oh! in comparison to Pokemon is, and I'm saying this again, like having not played Pokemon, and maybe when you get to, you know, Worlds, the World Pokemon Championships, mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit more like nuance and... I don't even know how to say it. Like in the way where the example you said, where you played that one person and they were disrespectful to you. Like, it feels like there are more things that like more personality to the way a person plays that game. than there might be 
when you're playing Pokemon, given what I've learned from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. No, it really does. The depth of like strategy in Yu-Gi-Oh can be what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, like there are decks that you can build with like all kinds of crazy effects, or you can build a deck where the full goal is just to get the strongest monster out. And like, that's how you win. Like mm-hmm. every deck has its own personality and like depending on like what excites you, like you can build your own deck around that in ways mm-hmm. like you just can't like can't really do that with Pokemon. So yeah, yeah there's it's like it's it's a far more complicated strategy, but it's depending on how you want it to be. Some some decks are really straightforward and are really strong and they can stack up to the best of them. Mm-hmm. Um so I like that is like you can still build a deck that like a master would use where you need all this knowledge and you can still play against that even though you don't have as much experience that's one thing i do like Mm, that makes sense that makes sense i feel like that has to be similar to pokemon in some capacity like if you just have like a a simple set of cards but if you have like if you've stacked yourself with all the energy you need on like your one solid card like you you could take it right like i think they I, i was watching a video and they showed like a Oh, is it Walmer? The big whale, basically the big whale who needs like five hydro energy or water energy. But like, I mean, it's a whale. So like its attack is like insane. Yeah. And uh, even like, I would love to watch the competition. Like I would love to watch people play the pokemon tcg game like professionals like i would love mm. i w- one year i want to go to youtube i'm sure you could watch on youtube oh yeah, yeah yeah you can even watch like live battles and stuff yeah. but, like i would love to like be able to go to worlds because like it's insane like the winner of that the winner of the pokemon trading card game at worlds wins 25 grand and they yeah. have to be invited so they've done like other prerequisite i guess like mini mini tournaments and then they're invited there so chances are that you know they paid for everything that the competitor is going to need you know the flight the stay everything just so they could compete there and i'm like that's so cool and like the thing is the thing that's also interesting is for the pokemon tcg or for pokemon worlds like people from literally all over the world go so like for example the first player was from uh, uh first first place in 2020 where were they from czechia czech Czechia? C C Z E C H I A, Czechia. Czech like Czech. Czech. I don't know. Czech. I don't know. C Z E. Oh, Czechia. Czechia. That's how you would pronounce it, and I'm not not familiar. It's like the Czech the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. I I figured, but I was like, well, Czech Republic. Maybe I just don't know geography of that region that well. But anyway, that person came in first, and then the second, uh, pardon me, second place is from Japan. So it's like, how are these people like playing against each other in different languages and different cards? Like, because they, I mean, they, I think the cards come in all kinds of languages. I mean, I've seen Japanese cards. Yeah. Where it's all in, you know, katakana or hiragana or what have you, kanji. And so I'm like, do they make them for each thing? Like, I don't know. Anyway, but that that, I I just would love to see that. I think only Japanese and English. So chances are, if you're playing from another country, like Canada, well, I mean, Canada, Australia, probably English, but like Brazil, like, do they make Spanish cards or? Portuguese? I guess not. Um, Or Portuguese. Oh, pardon me. Portuguese is from Brazil. Sorry. That's a really good question. I because when I was looking up, I'm sorry, now I'm branching off because I got excited. When I was looking up the most expensive cards, Pokemon cards, the one that I saw was the Illustrator Koto Koto Comics promo Pikachu Illustrator card, which is all in Japanese. Oh, wow. How much was it? It says. It is, it is six million dollars. Oh my god! It is six million dollars. It is six million dollars. The Are next one after that is the char is the Charizard, which is yeah. forty two, uh, four hundred and twenty thousand. So 
second most expensive, $420,000, first expensive, $6 billion, million dollars, pardon me. Oh my God. That's crazy. Logan Paul bought a Charizard for over a million. Oh my God, that's insane. It was like a grade 10 Charizard. It looks yeah. like Pokemon does do stuff in Spanish. That I also saw the same for Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, By the way, <clears throat> okay, we didn't talk about the other the other ones. Oh Digimon gosh, okay, yeah, and One Piece are also <laughs> on the list of pretty popular. Um, we we totally focused on Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, but they're not like they're not as popular, but they are popular, right? They're like, certainly popular. That that One Piece card card game is. Makes sense. Certainly popular. One Piece is popular because it's also a very popular anime. Yeah, arguably the most popular anime in the Maybe world. Maybe we'll talk about those another on another. You guys, <laughs> I tried to learn how to play the One Piece card game, and that was confusing. That was confusing to me. I don't know, man. And Bandai, who I I guess is one of the distributors of this game, made a video. And it's like these two kids, Emma and I don't even know the other kid's name, Tommy or something, playing the game. And Mm -hmm. Tommy's teaching Emma how to play. And I was just like, this is too much. There's life cards. There's dawn cards, which I don't know if that's a call to the anime. I haven't watched it, obviously. Oh, my God. Anyway, if you learn... Come on the pod. Like, reach out to us. If you know how to play the One Piece card game, please reach out to our anime show at gmail.com and I would love to have you on the podcast to teach us. Unreal. What about Digimon? What did you find about Digimon? Did you like I, I mean Digimon like it it feels a little similar actually to Pokemon, to be honest. Hmm. Um, the, the special cards aren't a thing, but like they have these like reserved six cards that like, I don't know, like apparently your opponent has to get through in order to get to you. And just like Pokemon, like you can't just bring out a, like a evolved, uh, Digimon monster. Yeah. And they start as an egg and then they evolve into like different, different evolutionary stages. What is it called? Digivolve? I don't even remember. I don't know. I was, I was not so a Digi girl. Yeah, I wasn't. I was very. That's a big poke, pokey girl. Yeah, and and so I I feel like it's very very similar to the same mechanics as as Pokemon, just to make it easy. Hmm. Um, I would love to have a professional t- Pokemon TCG player on the podcast. Actually, I feel like should. that'd be so interesting. Yeah. I'm send cold emails out. <laughs> or if anyone listening has a connect, let us email know. our anime show at gmail.com. Let us know. <laughs> and with that, I think that'll be our episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about two of the more popular anime inspired trading card games. I've been a binge monster. And I've been a green queen. Thanks so much. <laughs>